This podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's new Patreon community, the Global Coffee Think Tank. Check the show notes or head to patreon.com forward slash Mapper Forward to find out how you can become a member today. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I am beyond excited, beyond excited to have this conversation. Judy Gaines, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here. You are my favorite person to have on this podcast. <laughs> I have to tell you that I'm a big fangirl of your work. I follow everything that you do on LinkedIn. Um, and if anyone who is listening to this is not uh, following Judy on LinkedIn, go do it now. We will include a link in the show notes. The reason is because you make something that is a very difficult part of the coffee industry much easier to understand than anybody else I've seen across the spectrum. And I got to thank you up front for that because it is, it is an intimidating thing that you do. Uh, and, and the, the data that you kind of put out there, well, that everybody puts out there is intimidating. Trying to understand it is very intimidating and you remove that. So Thank you. And um, for those who don't know exactly what you do, why don't you tell them what you do at, at um, it's Jay Gaines Consulting, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'm Judy Gaines and I have over 39 years experience covering the coffee and then the other soft commodity, sugar, cocoa, orange juice, cotton. And with that also, ethanol and corn and soybeans and whatever else gets thrown my way. Um, I'm also co-founder of a um, data analytics firm in Harlem, Netherlands, Taka Insights. But I started out on Wall Street and then after 9-11 towers came down in front of me, I decided to hang up my own shingle. And so I've just been an analyst my whole career and I love it crushing it ever since. This is such an interesting time to be doing what you're doing, given uh, the state of the global economy as well as geopolitics, but also climate change is having a massive impact on commodities. So uh, our series is going to be the future outlook of coffee pricing and supply over the next five episodes. And today we're going to take a look at what the current state is of the supply and pricing of coffee. So why don't you tell us what that is? Okay, so we've just gone through a period where Brazil, the world's largest producer, has had back-to-back crop issues. And when it comes to Brazil, there's a lot of uncertainty in the numbers and Mm. mistrust in the numbers and a lot of doubt. Because so many times you hear, oh, Brazil had a light frost or Brazil had dry weather. And then the weather improves Mm -hmm. and it rains. And all of a sudden you have this bigger crop. Mm -hmm. And people kind of, it's like the boy who cried wolf. And, you know, so this time though, it really happened. And I went down to Brazil and we spoke about it in the other podcast. I went five times to Brazil because traveling to any place else was closed. But so during the pandemic, I went to Brazil and I traipsed around the coffee fields and I saw it firsthand what was going on. 
And so it gave me a little bit of a unique perspective because no one else was going down, down to Brazil in the beginning to even understand how real the problems were. So fast forward, we're now just about completion of harvesting the 22-23 harvest in Brazil. And the range of expectations on this crop were massive. I mean, you have disparities between the USDA and the Brazilian crop forecasting agency, Conabi, of 6 million bags. And then you have trade estimates that range the difference of 8 to 10 million bags. And that makes the difference between are you bullish or are you bearish on the market? Mm. And so the harvest is coming in. I think there's general agreement that when they were processing the crop, the yields were smaller than expected. And therefore the supply is actually going to be tight for the months ahead based on this crop. And since last year's crop was also reduced, stocks in Brazil have been run down. So that's Brazil in a nutshell, except now we're coming up on the flowering period for the 23-24 Brazilian crop. So what I do is I look at the crop on a 24-month cycle. Mm -hmm. Instead of from flowering to harvest, I back it up a bit. And I look at it from the branch growth, from the vegetative growth stage, all the way to harvest. Because if the weather isn't good during the vegetative growth stage and soil moisture conditions aren't there, then there's problems that aren't necessarily visible to the naked eye and can explain why the flowering is prolific or not. And so this past year, during the vegetative growth stage, it started out from a massive deficit. I mean, picture that you're climbing out of a sinkhole mm -hmm. and you have to get back to ground level before you can start improving. And these trees had all that stress. And then it finally started to rain and rain hard and you had record rainfall. And so you went from one extreme to the other and while the trees had growth and the leaves look big, it doesn't necessarily assure that perfect crop. And a lot of people are anticipating that 23-24 Brazil will save the day that it's going to be a new record. These swings in expectations, what is the role Okay, let me ask it this way. These swings in expectations. Swing the market. Uh, right. And and so the role, and perhaps we should talk about this in another episode, but we can introduce the idea here. Help us understand the role that speculators play in that part because it sounds as though that's a perfect stomping ground for gambling. <laughs> well, actually, no, because it's the trade that is taking positions and it's farmers that are either holding back coffee or looking to sell at more opportune times. Mm -hmm. And the market was also, by the way, very sensitive to the exchange rate between the Brazilian real and the dollar. And that influences trade flows. 
So the role of speculator in the market, and I'm glad you brought that up. There's a lot of negativity when it comes to people talking about, oh, the speculator overran the market. It's the speculators that are causing the problems. And that's not really true. Okay. Speculators. Okay. So the role of the futures market has um, one purpose as to determine and be a benchmark for pricing, but also price discovery. Mm -hmm. And as world production increases and as world demand increases, then the trade who uses the market to manage price risk and hedge offsetting their price exposure needs to have the liquidity to be able to transact their business. And therefore the speculators are the one who absorb the risk and and provide that liquidity in the marketplace. If you didn't have speculators participating in the coffee market, conditions would be far thinner and you would have far more volatile and erratic conditions than what you consider now. When the market's having some of these wild swings, it's not necessarily speculators. In part, it's the trade also trying to figure out what is happening in the marketplace. And you have so many different things hitting the market because you have the macroeconomic fundamentals. Then you have the weather factors and you have interest rates and you have the flip-flop in currency. And that's what's causing these wild swings in gyration. And the less speculators participate in the market because they don't want to stomach these swings. The speculators are in the market for profit only. And they are students of the market. I mean, so they try and understand as much as possible, even though they have no physical business. Coffee isn't their mainstay. They're in it purely for profit. But to be able to make that profit, they need to be up the learning curve pretty fast on understanding the marketplace. So So if you'll... Sorry, if you're listening to this and you are thinking, I understood none of what Judy just said and that broke my brain, uh, which is, I assume, a lot of people. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's deconstruct a little bit of that. Was there something that you were going to uh, finish and I did interrupt you, I apologize. Were you going to say so something there? Yes, the the futures market that's traded in New York is New York washed Arabica contract. There's also right. a London Robusta contract. And the contract has been around for over a hundred years. It started where people were trading in the streets on, on mm. you know, on the corner. And then it moved to the exchange and the ring and now it's screen-based trading, but it's still the same market. Mm. And it still serves the same purpose that it always has And that is to provide a way for businesses to manage their risk. When you think about a company, there's many different types of risk. In our lives, we face different exposures and risks. But the thing that keeps a company up at night, or the manager, the the CEO of a company, is 
the price mm -hmm. because the bottom line is if the price is too high, then how are you going to be able to afford to buy the coffee and meet your margins? And if right. price drops too low, then how are producers going to be able to grow the coffee and provide the coffee that you need? And so the market has these swings between feast and famine, where you go mm -hmm. from a production deficit because of climatic factor to suddenly the high prices because producers have a green light to increase productivity and it's a tree crop. And we have to remember that at the, the core here because with a tree crop, it takes several years for those production adjustments to hit. And therefore the market, if there's going to be a supply tightness next year, you can't wait until next year for the adjustments. The market has to rally here and now and further and faster than if it was a grain crop because some of those crops could be double planted. You pull two crops out in the same year. You don't have that in coffee. If you have high prices now, you're not seeing that for two, three years. Do you think that we will continue to see the volatility that we're seeing right now? Because what we're hearing, what I'm hearing from producers is I'm holding back my coffee so that I can keep the price elevated. Well, you know, there's danger in that because at some point the party's over also and the lights go out on the bull market. Yeah. And there's really never been a time where you've had this bull market that extends, extends out into perpetuity. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so the longer the market stays over, in my opinion, over $2 a pound, then ultimately the harder the market's going to fall because it's going to give that much more lead time for producers around the world to improve their husbandry, take better care because prices are higher and decide that, oh, there's a paradigm shift and I can plant coffee now because the price will never come back down. Well, we're That's seeing it in us. We're seeing it in avocados here in Australia. Right. Avocados mm -hmm. five years ago, 10 years ago, were $5 an avocado. So everybody went and planted avocado trees. But, of course, it takes a number of years for avocado trees to reach exactly. fruit stage. And now we have so many avocados that they're selling for a dollar each. Well, send them to Panama because <laughs> the price of avocados here have surged. I have, I've heard. And even in the US, when I was living in California, you could get an avocado for 60 cents. And it was like, this is crazy. But now avocados are $5 an avocado in California. Well, that's and because everyone has avocado toast and everyone has Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> parties, which is, by the way, the, the largest consuming day for guacamole in like the in world the <laughs> not shocked <laughs> but but the, it's these kinds of swings that are very interesting and the the sea market has been above two dollars a pound all year That's so right. um except for like a nanosecond a nanosecond <laughs> right so just to, to tie a bow on this episode um 
basically we have a very interesting scenario presenting itself with the supply going down and the demand at least remaining where it was and a futures market where people are actually buying contracts to take receipt of it, also with speculators as a part of it that have no intention of actually taking receipt of the coffee con- the coffee when the contracts come to maturity. But they're important because they present liquidity or just money for people who don't know what liquidity is. They put they inject money into the system that props the whole thing up. Is that Correct. a fair way to basically summarize it? Is. It is. But remember, speculators never have taken delivery right. and, they, and they exit the market before you go into what's called the notice period for taking delivery. And I, I point out here for those that aren't completely familiar with the market, mm-hmm. 2% of all commodity contracts are actually delivered. The main goal of this market is not to deliver coffee against it. The real goal is price discovery and providing a mechanism for the trade to offset their risk. The delivery portion is really very small and normally fairly inconsequential. It's just become an issue lately, and I'll explain that to you in one of the other segments. Okay, great. Let's head into the next episode and explore that a little bit more. Perfect. Peace, love, and peanut butter, everybody. Get ready for an amazing series. I'm so pumped. Um, (laughs) Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, folks. The best way that you can support this podcast is to join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash map it forward. There you can become a part of our community, the Global Coffee Think Tank, for as little as $3 a month. That's a total of $36 a year. We have a lot of big ideas for this community, so I really hope that you'll join in. This podcast is produced by Mapple Forward and the song you're currently listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight, which is produced by Evolutionary Theory. You can check the show notes for links. For more content from Map It Forward, consider joining our mailing list at mapitforward.org forward slash mailing list.